Hello and welcome to the Wise Men Say Reaction Show. I'm your host James Copley and Sunderland have just beaten AFC Wimbledon 1-0 at the Stadium of Light courtesy of an Aidan McGeady second half cold goal. Sunderland rather laboured to the victory but it's a win all of the same. The press box is a little emptier than usual today given the harsh weather conditions but we'll definitely be speaking to Jack Ross and Nick Barnes so stay tuned for some post-match reaction. I'm joined for a Wise Men Say debut by Rob Mason, the club's historian Rob what did you make of the game today well it's a very important game and uh, all that mattered today was the result uh, we got the three points we got the clean sheet we've been wanted it wasn't a good game it was a good goal to win it, it wasn't a good game but all that matters is that at this stage of the season is we get the results you start to get the results you'll get a little bit of momentum and with that confidence will be boosted I don't think the confidence is as bad as it is but it'll be boosted further and then I think we might see some uh, more flowing, free-flowing, fluent football to go with the results. But at the moment, I think if you ask most Sunderland supporters, what do you want, a really good game and a draw, or a, or a getting beat, or a pretty dull, scrappy kind of midwinter game, <laughs> and three points, we'll have three points, please. Oh, and I must say, definitely. the goalkeeper had next to nothing to do all day. Uh, freezing cold day, keeps his concentration makes a great save, a really telling save in the last 10 minutes, that protects the three points, and for me the goalkeeper is the big difference between last season and this season, oh, last season we had the worst goal- goalkeepers in the history of my half century plus of watching yeah, the club, there were no Ted Doigs were there last there season, there were no Ted Doigs, or Lee well yeah, <laughs> the, or Jimmy Montgomery's or Johnny Mapsons or Albert McEnroy's or Thomas Sorensen's yes. or Mark Booms we've always had a tradition of good goalkeepers at this club and I'm delighted to say we've got one again now because by gum did we need one last season. Uh, and up the uh, other end, Aidan McGeady as well. Aidan McGeady had a typical Aidan McGeady afternoon. Hot and cold. He, frus- <laughs> he, frus- well, he frustrated the fans, he frustrated me, he quite possibly frustrated his teammates, trying to do things instead, you know, a bit, a bit more difficult than he needed to do. And then he comes up with the winning goal. And he nearly got another one when he cut the inside, beat two men from that shot, uh, you know, quickly taking free kick. Um, and yeah, you know, he was the touch of class. It was a touch of class at both ends today. And if you watch 30 seconds of highlights of the match, uh, and you see the save, and you see the goal, you think, oh, it was quite a canny match. It wasn't, it was a shocking match, but it was a great result. Good stuff, thank you very much, Cheers. Rob. No Cheers. problem, James. So I'm joined in the tunnel, as always, by BBC Radio Newcastle's Nick Barnes, who had a bit of a, a bit of a problem today with the commentary, the, uh, the, uh, the electricity. <laughs> Someone forgot to pay the meter. We had a power outage, <laughs> which Benno took full... Um, he put, took full control of that situation to make a fool of me. Um, yeah, we had a little power uh, issue early on, but that was fine. And what did you make of Max Power in the middle? Um, I didn't think he pulled up any trees. Um, I thought Lewis Morgan stood out for me. I thought he was one player in the first half who looked to want to get on the ball and take players on and, and, and try and push into the penalty area. Some of them were just sort of too nervy. They were playing within themselves in the first half. They never, didn't have enough, didn't seem to have the confidence to, to push on. And I think that whether it was the sort of pressure of the situation that they needed to win, they knew they had to win. They didn't, they didn't want to make them. I don't know. It just didn't. It just wasn't happening. And you just feared them going a goal behind, which they could have done. I mean that ambitious lob from the halfway line. Yeah, I mean yeah. that. And I thought for a moment, Heart I thought I was dropping in. But um, and you, look, Apaya had a couple of half chance good chances as well so there could easily have been a goal behind mm. um, 
ultimately it's going to look like well end of the season it's three points closer to where you're meant to be we won't remember the game it's one of those you've consigned to the you know to the depths of your memory and, and I think Rob, Rob made the point upstairs that he'd, he'd rather be winning games boring than yeah I, games Benno made exactly the same point ultimately you you, you you take that every week if you're going to win them 1-0 and, and three, more, three more points towards your target um, I think once you know that once they had the goal it's, you could see the shackles come off once they'd scored yeah definitely so I think there is an that, that almost indicates that there is an issue that they were just nervy they, they were worried about uh, you know not winning the game but once you score one you felt then that they just seemed to be a little bit more lively and a bit more ambitious and what did you make of the return of Grant Lebeder? I was alright it was tidy mm-hmm. um, gave the ball away a few times but he was in the right places at the right time he was doing a job defending he was trying to get forwards um, yeah, I no complaints about overall about his performance. And Charlie White as well, another game. I feel a bit sorry for him actually. Yeah, I think not, not many people, chances for him. Today, no, though, a few people it? getting on his back a bit, and, and I just thought, well, no, look, he's, he's on his own up there. He's trying to hold it up. The referee wasn't doing him any favours either. I think he was tending to give the defender the benefit of the doubt rather than Charlie White. Um, it's it's a it's a horrible role to play. I mean, it, it, you know, I think any any strike will tell you if you're on your own up front. You're the target, and you're expected to hold it up, and you're also expected to get goals. It's it's a, it's a yeah. you're almost in a no-win situation. So I, I feel a bit sorry for him actually. And Sterling coming on, I mean, look, he looks lively, he looks as though he's got legs, and he'll do, but again, he still looks a bit raw, a bit young, and, and yeah. so we'll have to wait and see. Cool, definitely. Thanks for your time, Nick. We're off to speak to Sunderland manager Jack Ross. Always realistic, I think, in my reflections on games. So I'm not going to pretend we played brilliantly today, but I also think we have to be careful as a club that we don't get caught up in how we win games or by how many goals we win them. Winning games is what matters um, at this part of the season um, and we did that today. We kept a clean sheet, we scored a really good goal and we won a difficult game. Every single game we've had here has been tough and challenging um, and we've put ourselves in a better position in the league um, with an understanding that if you keep winning games, regardless of whether it's playing brilliantly or having a really tough out like we did today, we'll, we'll be in an even better position. Was there a, a nervousness, do you think, before the goal? Because it seems as soon as the goal went in, mm. the, the shackles seemed to come off. Um, I thought that I, I would agree with you in the f- parts of the first half. And we spoke about it at half-time. Um, and we say often enough about this being an unbelievably good football club to play for as a player. But it's a very demanding football club to play for. There's a lot of expectation and pressure and responsibility. And some of the players in there have had that in their career, either here or elsewhere, can deal with it. Others, it's very new. And I consistently have to make sure that they're aware of it, but also strengthen the resolve to deal with it. And at halftime, we'd collect their thoughts a little bit because I thought that we um, we got caught up in a little bit of that anxiety uh, for the bulk of the first half. But I thought second half, we actually, even prior to the goal, I thought we were better. Um, and it is something we're going, we're going to have to get better at because it's going to be like that a lot for us here as well. There's going to be times of frustration within the game and we can't become... Patience is maybe the wrong word. Is maybe start doubting what we're asked to do and what we're good at because that came into a little bit of the first half. We made the game too short and too narrow, when we did make it longer and wider in the second half, we were better. In the uh, in the build-up, Gooch was named in the in the, the lineup, yes. and obviously he didn't didn't play, but Morgan did. Actually, Lewis Morgan was probably one of the, the standout players in the defence sense. He got hold of the ball and was ambitious with it. He wanted to get forward. He wanted to make those take players on. Yeah, we um, we had a lot of difficult decisions regarding the team today because we this is the healthiest and strongest the squad's probably been all season. Um, and so 
I've said this I think during the week that ideally when you do business in the window you want it to be early but the reality is we've ad- added a lot to our squad this week so there was also that balance of how people had settled into the group um, but when Lewis had the opportunity to play uh, uh, listen I trust him because I've worked with him but also I thought he was one that ve- got very much better as the game went on I think as the game become more stretched he's seen what he'll give us so it's a even for him it's a big deal coming and making his debut here today but for a young man I thought he coped with it really well Potentially another big atmosphere with the owners of the club going back to their old club um, important that Sunderland deal with that again I, I do think that for us to be successful this season we, we are really a third term um, and there'll be people on the outside that will think yeah okay um, but we do because we, every single game is hard because of these things you talk about um, and it'll be another one like that next week um, there's never a game I look and think that's going to be easy so um, difficult venue for us to go to but I said we go there with I think a squad that'll be in a better place again next Saturday because we've had another I enjoyed last week because we had a lot more time to train and pitch <laughs> I would have liked to have seen um, particularly first half more of an obvious um, indication of that but we got there and you know, hopefully this week will stand us in good stead as well and Nice to have your captain back as well George Honeyman yeah, again, spoke about difficult decisions and that was another one. Um, Lucas has been really good for me, albeit not really in that position, mainly as a right-back. But um, Adam, for him, the injury was really good and he is more of a natural full-back. But George and Luke was, was very difficult. Um, and I thought George contributed well in his period, but equally I thought Luke was, was really effective when he came on. And that is what I want, is that not just a, a, a choice, but a choice of good options. And that, please pleased me today because I thought every, every one of the substitutes um, helped affect the game and us win the game and real leadership as well McGeady taking the armband but you still had Ledbetter on the pitch Honeyman was milling around so it must be pleasing yeah we I do think we're getting stronger and stronger within the changing room because I spoke at the beginning about this responsibility and pressure that comes on the shoulders of players here and, and the ones that can cope with it but those are also the ones that will drag others along and you know George does it but he's a young man Katz does it brilliantly for me people don't see the stuff he'll do for me off the pitch Glenn Leuvens is another one these guys are important within my changing room but Grant's another one that, that very much fits that criteria Aidan does it his own way so I'm, we're getting there and we're getting the right types of character in this club I know people will judge all the time on the pitch and, but in terms of the club and where we're trying to go with it we're getting there So I'm in the victory with Nick, Kev and Archie how are you doing lads? Fine, thank you. Good. Warming up slowly. Warming up. Archie, how are you doing? I'm oh, fine, thanks. Yeah. We'll, go to, we'll go to Nick first. What did you think of the game? Um, scrappy first half. I think when we uh, were a bit more organised than they were, um, second half improved. I felt he could have kept Morgan on because he didn't get to see much of the ball. I like his direct approach. Uh, typical McGeady, very nonchalant and frustrating, but pulled one out of the hat as usual. Archie, do you agree with your father? Uh, yeah. Uh, so infuriating. McGeady just... Every, I mean, most of the times he had the ball, he, he just lost it, running into danger, but um, he does pull some good shots out the hut. Good goal, finish. And what did you make of Wyke today? Oh, um, he's not having uh, the best of uh, spells at this moment in time, but I was mentioning Nick earlier, I remember a tall forward man called Niall Quinn who struggled... 20 years ago and got cheered off against Oxford and it didn't turn out too bad so maybe it's a slow work in progress Now Quinn had a few injuries as well and, and so is Wyke um, what shall we go to next Honeyman coming back today what did, what did you think of George? Great to have him back we've missed his runs he bursting through um, latches onto the second balls um, 
I think he'll be a permanent fixture for the rest of the season in the uh, position he's on. And what sort of effect do you think Wilgrig can have? Uh, I think it's I think it's a brilliant signing. Uh, pe- people were mourning about the um, you know he's prolific in League One, but not in the Championship. But Madrid didn't have a very good um, season in the Championship either. So I think I think it's money well spent. Very valid point. Very valid point. Do you do you agree? Yes, yeah. Um, I was expecting. You've taught him well. No, but um, I, I was surprised how, how deep Ledbetter was playing today. Yeah, yeah, he was almost, very close to power, wasn't he? Yeah, almost uh, set and a half at some point, uh, but then pushed forward. Yeah. Uh, uh, Anything else to add? I think that's like kind of just what we were saying, it was a bit deep lying, and I think all nine come on kind of gave us a little bit more forward thinking in, in the centre midfield, which I think we were a little bit static sometimes, we'll go from side to side and we kind of look a little bit predictable where you've got like defence is against us so we're kind of like setting up to kind of combat that type of like play so I think as I say like kind of you know in the second half we, we got there in the end and I think it was good stuff thanks for your time lads so I'm joined in the victory by wise men says Craig Clark and his friend Nick um, is it Nick it is isn't it Nick Holden Nick Holden Nick Holden He's a legend of the, the Sunderland fan blogging sphere, I've heard. <laughs> Hasn't written anything for like five years. And basically, I'm tired. Retired. So, <laughs> yeah, retired. I'm tired, so I'm going to leave my phone with Craig and Nick, and I'm going to nip and have a pint next door. So if there's any strange postings on my Twitter account, then I'm, um, I'm blaming Craig. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> I'm a very responsible podcaster, don't worry. I'll be back in time. Aye, see you in a bit. Um, right, what did you think then? Uh, when was your last game? Actually, because you don't get to every game because you no, live in Leeds. I don't. So Charlton was my last Charlton game. Charlton was the last one, so that was yeah. recent. I didn't see that game. So that was classic game of two hours, really. Oh, no, he's got, yeah, him the got all the cliches out. All the cliches. Good in the first half, shite in the second. How did this compare to that? Um, this was just dreary. I like, agree. Wimbledon weren't any great shakes. We didn't really turn up. Moment, moment of magic for McGeady settled it really slow pit, slow game on it yeah really slow paced but lack of energy I think we probably just uh, hang over from how bad we've been the run we've been on recently massive three points though isn't it yeah really important to get them and hopefully we can kind of kick on a bit push on from that yeah um, so I don't know we've talked about some of the players performances anyone stand out for you I thought Ledbetter and Morgan were really Morgan good Morgan was good wasn't he yeah I thought Morgan kind of had that directness uh, he managed to go around a few people, which is something I think I've seen anyone really do this season. Yeah, I think Gooch at the start of the season. Um, yeah, Gooch when he had a bit more energy. Yeah, Gooch was kind of knocking it and running, but Morgan was almost like actually yeah. dribbling, yeah, tricking, dribbling past people. It's a bit like if McGeady was more. Now I'm not going to knock McGeady because great goal. I mean, yeah, it was an absolute. Needed a screamer. Great hit. Needed a screamer today. Yeah, we weren't going to work it in, were we? Um, but he is a dribbler, but in a very, very different way. Yeah, he, he just seems to... He'll run at someone, but he'll never really try and take it past them. He'll just get there and then kind of check back and check back and maybe pass or eventually get the cross. It really slows everything down when he's on the ball. It's it's a funny one because he's obviously, his first touch is outrageous yeah. for League One. Yeah, I mean, it, he can kill the ball. Like I think... That, Mentioning Ledbetter, I think he's another one you can see his first touches. He had a couple. This level. Yeah. He did some stuff where I was like, like trying to flick the ball with his heel and stuff. Ledbetter in his own box, and you're like, you're probably a little bit rusty. Yeah. You haven't played much, so I'll give you it. 
but yeah, it, it might be only League One, but you'll learn quickly. You can't, yeah. you can't do that. Like, he's, a, he's a bit of a because he was obviously just sat in front of the back four. But yeah, he's a bit like you say. He's um, he's a bit of a risk there, I guess, because he does like to pass the ball and he's not really doesn't look that much of a defensive midfielder. No, he, but he, does, he, does, he doesn't sprays the passes out. In. Yeah, he, he did he, get stuck. In. There was a, there was one really good tackle in second half. Um, and I think you can see his leadership qualities. Yeah, he's a. Uh, He's obviously like going round. He's sort of G- there's a lot of good characters in that in that team, and I think he adds to that. But he, he was club captain at Borough, wasn't he? I believe so. Apparently, yeah. their fans weren't particularly pleased that he was leaving. Yeah. Or that he was out of the team. Um, maybe watching Adam Clayton does that, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Is he the one with a ridiculous beard, Clayton? He used to. He used to yeah, have yeah. a dyed beard. I think he used to dye it like oh, yeah, white, yeah, didn't yeah, he, yeah, when he was yeah, in Huddersfield. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he, he hasn't played a lot of football. It's going to take a little while just to move yeah, through get the gears. Yeah. But I guess if he's playing at the back of midfield and he's he's spraying passes around, that's fine. The, the goal came, yeah, exactly. The goal came from one that he sprayed out to the wing. Does he need to be, you know, completely match fit to do that? Probably not. He can, he can just trot around, really, can't he? So he'll build his fitness up by doing that. Yeah. Um, and he's certainly not looking like he's struggling as a result of not playing. No. And I, I think we were saying earlier, weren't we, that he's very similar to McGeoch and Catamol and probably Power. That's but, where the problem lies. But he's, he's a cut above them. So. Do you think? I think he is. Yeah. I don't think he's a cut above Lee Catamol. Not a fully fit maybe, maybe, I don't know Maybe they're similar On a similar level But Catamol's got his injury problems He'll get He has Well he's out again today, He's out again he? Yeah I don't know so, why He was out today He'll get suspended again Probably The problem for Catamol as well Is when he comes back from injury He takes which, ages to get going doesn't Which it? is kind of what's happened He's come back from injury Looked a little bit laboured Yeah And he's injured again Almost like he wasn't fully fit To begin with Yeah So my issue is, which we were talking about as well, and I've mentioned in the player ratings, so if anyone's angry about them, you can, the blame, me. On. You can blame me. But the, the issue I've got is that we're very one-paced in midfield, and I quite like somebody like Honeyman deeper, yeah. so you can play all nine in front. Yeah. And I think Honeyman's great when he's fully fit to transition with the ball. He dribbles. Yeah. Power, Ledbetter, McGeeck, Catamull, they can't dribble with the ball. No. They're very static. No, they're passes, aren't they? Really? So you, to me, you're going to have four players if, if fighting potentially for one position. That's assuming Jack Ross thinks the same as me. Yeah. The well, other that... thing you've got to think about is Grigg coming in. Yeah. And does he need to play with a strike partner? I... All I, mean, I know is he's on fire. I don't know anything <laughs> else about him. But he scores goals, so... And we're all excited to see him play. Yeah, and he's, he's someone so. who I think we wanted in the summer. Yeah. So presumably, you'd think that Madger was a bit of a, you know, Madger's form in the uh, in first half season. Bit, yeah, it was a bonus, wasn't it? That wasn't part of the plan. Imagine if we hadn't had him. Oh Jesus, don't even. But like, <laughs> I think presumably, you know, we look to have actually properly scouted players this season. So you think if we're after Grigg in the summer and then we spend this whole window after him, Ross knows how he how he needs to play. Yeah. And he's he's going to be able to build the team around that. It looked Which, like today White was filling it. Like that's not how White wants to play, is it? Up I, by himself. I, I, so he was standing in for Greg, basically. So I'm conflicted over White in the sense that I really don't think he's a good footballer. Which is, you know, it is what it is. Um, I think he's slow. His first touch isn't great. Yeah. But I also think because of his limitations, he's actually a front two striker. Yeah. So playing him up front on his own, I was quite surprised to see him subbed off for Sterling and not brought. Bearing in mind we, we were kind of still in the hunt for a goal at that time, 
I thought Sterling might have come on and played alongside him. Yeah, um, I think they could work well together. I think when Madger played alongside um, alongside Wyke, it worked together quite nicely. Yeah, in, in that Charlton game, outside the box, Wyke was fantastic. He was winning the knockdowns, he was getting the ball to Madger. Because he had someone near him. Yeah, exactly. And then it didn't actually turn out like that, but Madger was there to get the goal if necessary. But in the box, he just... He's not. He doesn't have confident look on man it. Nah. in the goal. Um, that, I, I would have thought that goal he scored against was it Max? He got the yeah. He scored in against in the under twenty. You would have thought yeah. that would give him a bit of a boost, but it, it doesn't look to really. He's. Um, we were talking. Me and my brother-in-law were sort of commenting on it during the game. There was a moment where I think James put in a, quite a good delivery, and. Uh, he wasn't in the end it got cut out but his, his whole body shape the way he goes to attack the ball he never in the seems air, to be ready for it it looks like and it looks like he's going to head it over the ball over the bar yeah it, it doesn't look like there's going to be any conviction you know how they say we're like you know strikers who score a lot of tappings like Kane or someone you know they, they know where to be why he never knows where to be the ball, someone will put a decent ball in the box and he'll just be in too far place. away from it in the wrong place he doesn't seem to read where it's going to be and yet he scored what 15 plus goals for Bradford City last season maybe he's, maybe he's another who maybe he's a bit kind of because he's a big lad isn't he maybe he's a bit cumbersome it takes him a while to get fit it could be that and, be and again that. having someone come in like Greg takes the pressure off suddenly yeah. you're the backup striker or the strike partner Yeah. so if Griggs scoring you a goal every other game yeah, you, you can score can one in four if you want yeah, and, exactly. it, and it doesn't matter um, but at the minute he was the focal point and it, it didn't work no it didn't work um, but I think I think he's probably standing in there for Will Grigg rather than being you know he's not that's not how you want to play Charlie White, but you're not. What more just, up by himself isn't really going to work. I don't think Sterling. It was too early to start him. So I think what more again is another one who could play as part of a pair up front. Yeah, I think that's. But then that has implications for the team. So we've already t- talked about my personal preference would be for Honeyman in a, in a central midfield role. I think. I think that was one of our best runs was Honeyman deep alongside power. power. Yeah, I thought that worked very well as well. Yeah. Um, I thought Honeyman's energy gave more space for power to kind of sort of ping it about and yeah. so you could say right well that could be Ledbitter instead Yeah. Um, but then uh, I thought if you want to talk about sort of promising performances uh, although the team didn't play well as a unit there were some individual ones I thought Honeyman coming back to fitness yeah you can see what he offers Yeah. Definitely. as a 10 it's not what White needs of course you can yeah there you go uh, and I thought Morgan was really impressive. Yeah, I think Morgan didn't get the ball enough in the first half. I agree. We, we were saying yeah. get the ball to him. Get, get yeah. the ball to him. Everyone around us was saying that and all. Like you know, when he got the ball, he went for his man. He went round him. He got a cross in. He did something. He won a lot of corners. Um, <laughs> our corners are still terrible, by the way. Whoa. Why is McGeady still on corners? So McGeady takes a ming and one that doesn't yeah. even. It does, bounces before it hits the first <laughs> defender. Then Morgan takes the next one. Morgan's were good. Now, now, Morgan's delivery was good, yeah. but what was that? Oh, in the Where first they were all gathered around the corner it was of the great. Box. When England did, what was it? Uh, oh, the love train. The love train. Oh, yeah, yeah, the I was, I was off to one side. Oh, it was horrible. Oh, I, I guess the idea was they'd arrive kind of en masse, but it was, but the ball it was, was a bad idea deep. and the ball was bad. It was, uh, well, actually, I think the delivery, the shape of it was fine. It was just there was no one there because they're all stood on the corner of the box. And you're like... 
What? Yeah. They're obviously trying to get imaginative with the set pieces because be fair, we are we've, very good at them. We've not done anything all season with them, so why not try something and, new? And Richard... But Ledbetter takes a set piece, doesn't he? Well, I was just going to bring Ledbetter up because yeah. Richard, he's the book who, as a wise man say, fan of the show. Uh, well, no, he's a, he's a member of the show. Oh, member of... He's, he's, he's often on. Uh, he, as it, when he was in his previous life right to the Northern Echo, yeah. he'll have seen, he's seen Ledbetter play a lot for Middlesbrough. Yeah. Um, and like he's saying he's basically the set piece taker that we've got now since like the, the best one since Larson now you could argue Larson's weren't great we'll not yeah. dig down into yeah, that yeah, yeah, I know but mean. the fact of the matter is he's the sort of set piece specialist yeah. and he was nowhere near a single one of them no I think that, that is weird because I thought Morgan's were alright but McGeady's were oh, and he shouldn't be near them and McGeady what who's, who's been McGeady, Maguire Maguire's a horrible Honeyman has taken a few he's take, Gooch has had a turn Oviedo's had a turn none of where them, he was none today, of them by the worked way. where was Oviedo I think uh, I mean, did you need him on the bench, though? You know, if there's Dunn's left-footed, Flanagan can play left-back or right-back, so imagine, why do you have imagine, another left-back? Imagine Jimmy Dunn at left-back. I mean, he would not good today. Oh, my word. I mean, I did the play ratings, like I say, and I gave him a four because I thought, personally, that he had an absolutely awful game. He had a shot, yeah. And if I was Jack Baldwin, I'd be looking at that thing and I'll be getting my place back because yeah. two things. He's our player. So he might have his limitations, but he will be here next season, unless we sell him. Yeah. Dunn won't be. No. But I thought Dunn looked an infinitely more limited footballer than, than Jack Baldwin. He looked a bit like he thought he was John Stones and only exactly realised... my dad or my... I think it was my dad or my brother-in-law said... He didn't realise that he was not yeah, John Stones. Exactly. <laughs> he had the same haircut or something and that was about it. <laughs> You don't have the same haircut as John Stone. Oh, honestly, I, I thought, like, I think it all began, or one of his initial moments was he sort of tripped over the ball and it bounced off his knees and went out for yeah. throwing. Then towards the end of the game, when we were 1-0 up, he just seemed to be, someone was in on goal. Luckily, McLaughlin made another good performance from McLaughlin, by the way. All right. Podcast. Yeah, do you want to get involved? Yes, What's your name? What's your Chris. name? Chris. Chris, yeah. Right, uh, Chris, what do you think of the game today? Um, hard fought. We should have beat these big style like we should have. Stepped a lot more past it. Yeah, man. We've, we've done it. Ledbetter was the man. You thought you thought he played well, did you? Ledbetter was the difference. To What's your name, mate? Sorry, Jason. Um, I I thought we had a bit of an issue with him and Power being a bit too similar. I totally agree with that, but I mean Ledbetter is obviously. I mean, there's a reason why he's played at a much higher standard than Power all of his career. If you look at the difference, fair enough, they're very similar. But every time Ledbetter got the ball, he distributed it much better. He won the ball better than he did. Don't get us wrong, start of the season, Ledbetter was, I mean, sorry, Power was what we were looking for. But if you look now, Power's calmed down. Whether it's that red card, I don't know. But look at what Ledbetter's been doing today. He just looks, he looks the part, he really does. Different breed, led a bit as different I mean, breed. This lad, this lad to be lad. fair, we're your best friends. He'll tell you straight up, he did not. He said Ledbetter might not have the legs. But he'll agree with me, today, Ledbetter. Bustard, totally bustard. He didn't really need the legs though, did he? Because he's no, just he sat deep, spraying it around. Out. And he saw passes, yep. he was looking around, job done. I personally think he was, the, I, I genuinely do, I think it'd be the difference. Yeah. What about Ed? Do you not think Morgan was maybe man of the match? No. I mean, he was decent. I mean, he had a very, he had a very good debut. He did, but I think you've got to give it a little better idea. I think 
he will. I do genuinely believe he'll be the difference with us growing up. I really do. So when Greg's fit, do you see a role for White as his front two, or do you think White's just not the man? No, not at all. I think White is. I, I don't know what Bradford fans see in him. I really don't. But he scored over 15 goals for them, right? So, last season. Fair enough, but I mean, be honest. What, what's your opinion of? Well, uh, we've been discussing him. I thought he was awful. But is Grigger is Grigger front two player? Right, okay. You know what so I mean. Let, so does he need a, a right? So put it this way: you've seen Wake for what six, seven games now. When he first started, everyone was saying, "Give him a chance." We've given six, seven games. What's he done? Well, I'm I'm not disputing that at all. I'm just wondering whether Grig needs a front man alongside him. Like, no, I think you play. I think you play three behind him. I think you play McGeady, Gucci Honeyman, and Morgan behind him. Yeah. And I think you play Greg up front. And I think that's good enough for us. And Fair I enough. 